Hill 70 Quantock Ranch, where the horse to ride for your next bull purchase. 6th of February of 2021. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today we have a feature interview with Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebeau and the Minister of Agriculture for Ontario, Ernie Hardiman. Both are pushing several provinces, including Saskatchewan, to approve enhancements to the Federal Provincial Farm Support Program called Agri-Stability. Saskatchewan is worried about cost and wants another meeting. We hear the response from the federal minister. As well, we have a feature on the arrival of cold weather and the need for more moisture for spring seeding. We have a wheat market outlook, a major cattle theft to report in southeast Saskatchewan, and a look at improving protein content in wheat crops. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Claude Bebeau is willing to hold another meeting to discuss the Agri-Stability Farm Support Program. Bebeau is pushing Saskatchewan to support proposed enhancements to the program. She wants an answer at least. Saskatchewan is concerned about cost and is asking for another meeting of federal provincial agriculture ministers to discuss the issue. And Bebeau says she is open to the idea. I'm always to, uh, open and happy to have meetings with my counterparts. Actually, we've met 21 times, if it's not 22 last year, because of the COVID context and our um, hope to make improvement to agri-stability. When would you be able to call the next agriculture minister's meeting? Oh, I think it's a matter of uh, maybe a few, a couple of weeks, but uh, if it's necessary for us to move forward and uh, proceed with the improvements on agri-stability, I'll make it happen as soon as possible. How important is time, because you would like to make it retroactive to 2020? It is important, because obviously uh, the further we get from 2020, uh, the more complicated it will be uh, to make the, the administrative changes to the program to uh, be able to offer retroactivity. So obviously this is something, another part of the answer I'm waiting from the provinces to see uh, if they are willing to make the improvement and are they willing to do it retroactively or only starting in 2021. So this is part of the question that I'm still hoping, you know, a positive answer for. We've also got on the line the Minister of Agriculture for Ontario, Ernie Hardiman. Ernie, what's Ontario's stance on agri-stability? Well, I think we've been discussing the enhancements for a number of years because our producers have been very concerned about the inadequate uh, uh, support that's there in time of need. So um, we, uh, we very much um, uh, look forward to getting that done, and particularly because of the COVID year, we're, we're really anxious to get, the, uh, to get it in place for this year. Um, I think we all agree that, I think everyone agreed all the way through our discussions about needing to make changes to the Ag Stability Program 
and uh, I think we uh, we need to look at this in the short term because obviously this is a year with uh, all the challenges our producers are facing. Uh, we can't just sit and wait for more discussions, and I believe we need more discussions going forward to change the program. But at the same time, I think what we uh, what the minister uh, Minister Bebo has put forward. Uh, we're prepared to support and we want to move on and make sure it gets into place so we can get some help out to our producers. Minister Bebo, the government of Saskatchewan has said their big concern is cost for a small population province like Saskatchewan with you know, 40% of the uh, arable farmland. The cost is a big issue. They would like a change to the 60-40 split. Are you prepared to make any changes there? No, my offer was clear. Uh, we want to move forward to, uh, to get rid of the reference margin limit and increase the compensation rate from 70 to 80% with a cost share of 60% for the federal and 40% for the provinces. Agriculture is a shared responsibility, and I think it's a fair uh, cost sharing. And we also have to remember that all the money that we are putting in the pockets of our farmers stays in the region, stays in the province. Uh, it's rapidly reinvested in the community. What is your deadline, Minister Bebeau, for coming up with uh, a new agri-stability? I would really love to make it happen as fast as possible so we can make it retroactive. If we wait a bit longer, uh, we will have to forget about 2020. That would be very unfortunate for our farmers who have been going through a very difficult year because of COVID uh, last year. So uh, this is why I'm really, uh, you know, pushing my, my colleagues to proceed uh, and, and as fast as possible. The Saskatchewan response had said that they would be hopeful having an answer well before spring uh, because of the deadline for joining the, the New Year's agri-stability. Is that too late? I, I don't want to close the door, but, uh, I mean, the farmers have been waiting for that for so long. Um, I think uh, we've made a very interesting and fair proposal on the table, so I hope we will be able to move uh, much faster than that. And if I, if I could just add one comment... I think uh, it's important to recognize when we talk about the, the cost of the program to the provinces, I think it's also important to remember, as the Minister Bebo mentioned, the money that we're talking to cost, that's how much money the farmers don't get if we don't get something done. Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebeau and Ontario Agriculture Minister Ernie Hardiman joined me on a conference call yesterday afternoon. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. Colder temperatures will move into the region by the end of the week, a big departure from what we've experienced for most of the winter. Bruce Burnett is the Director of Weather and Market Information with Market Farms. We're going to see some below normal temperatures move back in. It's certainly going to feel like it's a return to uh, uh, winter across most of the prairies here, but uh, Again, it doesn't look as if that's going to stick out around for a prolonged period. So I think that's good news. We're going to put January in the books as above normal temperatures, uh, even with that cool off, and, and we'll see what February brings us. Burnett says to date it has been the opposite of what we would expect from a La Nina winter. Typically what we would see is strong northerly flow, so below normal temperatures. Uh, the storm track usually is running through, I would call it the traditional parkland areas, uh, uh, let's say from uh, 
Peace River region down to Winnipeg in a sort of a direct line there where most of the precipitation falls. And that certainly hasn't happened this year. As a general rule, western regions of the prairies had better topsoil moisture conditions heading into winter than eastern Saskatchewan and Manitoba. Again, that would include most of Alberta, especially up in northern Alberta, as well as parts of the northern Peace River region. Those are the areas that will still have some subsoil moisture levels left. In southern Alberta, again, we had significant production last year, a good crop in, in a lot of regions, so we did use up most of that soil moisture. Uh, and so we uh, were going into this winter with uh, drier than normal soil reserves. So it's something we've got to keep an eye on. But again, that critical area, central Saskatchewan through eastern Saskatchewan and through most of Manitoba, uh, subsoil moisture levels are very, very low. And as I mentioned, with the winter precipitation, uh, certainly going to need to see timely rains here as we move into the spring season for planting this year's crop. Burnett recaps winter snowfall to date. Above normal precipitation areas through most of Saskatchewan with higher than normal precipitation areas concentrated north of Saskatoon, a little bit uh, southwest of Saskatoon as well. The areas that were drier than normal were up in northern Alberta, essentially northeastern Alberta across through into the southern peace, as well as in Manitoba where it has been the driest. And that's a significant concern here. I would say for the eastern third of Saskatchewan and most of Manitoba, there's not adequate snow cover. And we certainly see with these warm temperatures, higher evaporation rates than you would normally expect this time of year when you would have a snow cover that would prevent that. So again, moisture is going to be the theme for the upcoming year in the areas that we're most concerned about are in the eastern prairies. The long-range forecast April to June could result in delayed seeding in some areas. There is a significant chance that we're going to see some below normal temperatures here to start this spring planting season off. Again, last year that delayed us a bit. This year it looks to be concentrated mostly in the northern prairies, but Again, it's not an ideal forecast for planting this year. I think on the positive side, the moisture levels look to be fairly normal. The only areas to point out that uh, have a significantly higher chance of below normal precipitation this spring are right along the Alberta-U.S. border. And again, uh, these forecasts aren't necessarily particularly reliable, but I think this fits with what I think the weather pattern is going to be in the spring here where we're going to see a, essentially a cooler than normal start. And I wouldn't anticipate that that probably stretches through into the uh, summer months as well. I don't see a, a warmer than normal temperatures this summer uh, necessarily, as long as this uh, La Nina or transition to a neutral phase remains. Bruce Burnett is the Director of Weather and Market Information with Market Farms. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Sean Haney here with RealAgriculture.com and Real Ag Radio on Rural Radio 147. Had the chance this week to talk to Justin Funk of AgriStudies. 
on some of the ways that decision-making is changing on the farm based on the generation. Well, of course, there's the age demographic. You know, you look at the year somebody was born, and, you know, that's, I guess, very subjective. As, as I seem to be moving now into the next age bracket, I, I look at age not necessarily as a number, but as, a, as an attitude, which, which is something else that we, that we look at as well. Um, wh- one of the things that I've been paying close attention to lately is looking at where somebody is in their farming career. So regardless of how old they are, are they just getting started? Are they expanding, maintaining? And there's usually a correlation there between age and where I am in my career. But it, but it's not as closely defined as it would be by simply looking at um, how old somebody is. The other thing that we tend to look at is what generation are they on the farm? So as you know, many farms in Canada, in North America, are multi-generational farms. And so we pay attention to whether somebody is the older, the middle, or the younger generation on the farm, and that helps us also define uh, the younger farmer, if you will. So who's making the decisions? When you kind of look at some of the data, what what does it tell you in terms of who's making the decisions? Are we seeing more young people making decisions on the farm, or is that still left to more of the senior side of the the farming team? That really depends on what decision is being made. Uh, We find that the lower risk the decision, the more likely it is that a younger person on the farm will be making or involved in that particular decision. Uh, For instance, a decision for seed uh, or chemicals or fertilizer. Uh, In a study that I did back in 2016 with my uh, colleagues at Purdue University, we measured uh, the decision-making dynamics on multi-generational farms. And one of the things we learned in that study is that there's a bit of a transition that takes place. The younger generation is given more and more purchase responsibility as time goes on. And in many cases, it begins with seed. Seed mm-hmm. tends to be the the first uh, category of purchase decision-making given to that younger generation on the farm. And then from there, uh, I, I suppose you could say, Uh, they earn more and uh, start to make bigger decisions. And so right now what we're seeing is a transition more to uh, the bigger ticket, more expensive, uh, longer term type purchases like equipment and things like that. Uh, When it comes to things like making marketing decisions or uh, major financial decisions, uh, those types of decisions tend to be more reserved for the older generation on the farm. One thing that we're monitoring is, you know, as time goes on, how that starts to change. And, and we are starting to see a shift in that direction as the older generation or more mature generation, if, if you will, uh, phases out and the younger generation earns that more responsibility. It's, it's interesting that seed is one of those first things that is given up. As a, deci- you know, as a decision uh, that needs to be made. And, yeah, you know what, you know, young whippersnipper, you, you go look after seed purchases. Look at- I had that very same question. And, and so in this study, we followed it up with a, a qualitative set of interviews where, where we would ask questions like, why do you feel this way? And uh, the, <laughs> the answer to that question, quite simply, was, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, because you can't mess it up. Um, the, the idea is that a, a lot of, and, and I, I don't mean to say something that I shouldn't, especially to my friends in the seed business, but a, a lot of products are really good products, and uh, there's not a tremendous amount of differentiation between 
products. And in many cases, a farm is planting multiple varieties of, of seeds. So, you know, you can spread that risk around. Um, and I, I think something else that I, I should say is that in many cases, that decision is made in consultation with uh, a seed dealer or a retailer or an agronomist who's helping uh, yeah. make the right choice. Good so point. There's some hand-holding. Right. And so there's a, a level of uh, reduced risk associated with, okay. with seed. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. Mainly cloudy today, 30% chance of flurries. Early this afternoon, wind northwest 30, gusting to 50. The high minus 11, the low minus 14, chance of flurries tonight. Friday, mainly cloudy, 30% chance of flurries. Winds up to 15 kilometers per hour. The high, minus 8. Windchill, minus 20 tomorrow morning, minus 14 in the afternoon. The low, minus 13. Saturday, sunny with a high minus 13, the low minus 26. Sunday, sunny, the high minus 20, the low minus 29. Monday, sunny, the high minus 21, and the temperature steady at minus 21 all day. Tuesday, partly cloudy, 30% chance of flurries, the high minus 16, the low minus 19. Wednesday, partly cloudy, and the high minus 11. Normal high for this date is minus 11, the normal low minus 23. The sun rose at 8.47 this morning. It sets at 5.32 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot right now, minus 6 at Maple Creek. The cold spot up north, minus 19, Collins Bay. Estevan is minus 10, Saskatoon minus 12. Swift Current and Weyburn both minus 11. Yorkton is minus 16. Regina has some light snow. It's minus 11. That's 12 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the northwest at 25. Humidity 73%. The barometer rising 102.4. Light snow in Moose Jaw minus 11. Winds are from the northwest at 13. Once again, Regina, light snow and minus 11. That's 12 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. Hey, everybody. It's Ted Creech here from Hill 70 Quantock Ranch of Lloydminster, Alberta. On the 6th of February of 2021, I'd like to invite everybody to our 51st annual Barn Burner Bull Sale starting at 12 noon. Now we'll sell approximately 400 bulls consisting of Red and Black Angus, Horn and Pulled Herefords, Red and Black Sim Angus, Charlay and Red Balancer Bulls, plus 100 bred and open commercial females to round out the day. Now don't be afraid to get in touch with us. Either call myself, Connor or Bill at 1-800-665-7253. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. The North American wheat market outlook for the rest of the crop year is positive, due in part to a Russian wheat export tax and quota designed to curb domestic food inflation. Moscow has set a 25 euro per ton export tax for the second half of February on Russian wheat, which is expected to double in March. 
Marlena Borsch is a market analyst with Mercantile Venture Consulting. North American wheat has actually become much more competitive in the world markets. Actually, we are no longer, depending on what type of wheat you look at, more expensive than, for example, the Eastern European wheat. So our access to the market has improved and our market share is actually improving, um, which is absolutely stellar. We're also having some political interference, if, if you want, in that Russia has established an export quota on wheat at 17.5 million tons. It's designed to actually lower prices inland for the domestic market in Russia to keep bread prices down. That's what um, President Putin would like to achieve. And the first issue of export taxes hasn't achieved that. Borsch says better domestic grain transportation is also helping Canada. We can say that the international demand is there on the wheat. Uh, in our mind, as a function of the higher Rilke supply this year, uh, keeping up elevator efficiency and perhaps uh, lowering the discrepancy between international prices and country bids to make it attractive for you to sell. Prices are very good, and they promise very good returns uh, for next year as well, um, because when you draw down stocks across the board on wheat, if it can maintain the export pace, that puts you in a much better starting position for next year as well. I think um, throughout 2021, we will have some very good values uh, to work with, both on all seeds and grain products. The latest statistics show Canadian wheat exports are running 29% ahead of last year's pace, which works out to more than an additional 2 million metric tons. I think we have a good chance to continue a good pace if we have continued access to the rail transportation, which has been uh, tremendously important uh, to have that extra capacity available. We have always said that if we can expand that bottleneck for the Canadian markets, we will actually improve our position in the export markets. And this year's example certainly seems to validate that statement. Borsch says some of the bigger buyers of Canadian wheat include China, Peru, Indonesia, Nigeria, and the U.S. Borsch made her comments during the online CropSphere event last week. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And the REMAX Crown Realty Ag Team of Marcel DeCorby and Graham Toth. Online at landforsalesask.ca. RCMP in southeast Saskatchewan are investigating a major cattle theft. The Mounties say between October and November of 2020, a local farmer had 35 cows and 28 calves on sections of land between Mooseman and Fairlight go missing. All the cows had a brand of bar over TE. Livestock services are assisting with the investigation and will know if any of these stolen animals went through the auction marts. The calves were not branded, but steers had green ear tags, heifers had yellow ear tags. Police are asking the public to provide any information on this theft or call Crime Stoppers. Studying yields and cereal crop protein content from this past harvest can help farmers determine a nutrient plan for spring seeding. Retired Yorkton agronomist Tom Weir says it's a way to maximize yield potential. Well, yeah, it's an opportunity for uh, growers to take a look and, and sort of use it as a as a measurement of their last year's uh, um, fertilization, specifically nitrogen. So nitrogen has a has a lot of importance on on what uh, the um, protein value of wheat is. Hard reds 
wheat specifically. So um, by taking a look at it and seeing where your protein is, you can uh, do a pretty good job in judging how good of a job you did matching your your nitrogen to uh, where you want it to be. Weir says the key is to look at your yield and your protein content from last year's harvest. Yeah, so basically what happens is, is wheat is able to partition its nitrogen um, based on, on uh, it, it, trying to produce the maximum yield of, that, uh, of the crop based on the nitrogen and the moisture that's available. And once it's achieved the um, uh, maximum yield, the rest of the nitrogen goes to protein. So the theory is, and it's been researched and proven pretty factual, is that that point where the, nit- the nitrogen is no longer put into the yield and, in- and goes into uh, protein is approximately 13.5%. So if you take a look at your your wheat yield and uh, take a look at the protein, now if the protein is at 13.5, that's an indication that you basically got all the yield out of that crop that you could based on the moisture that you had. If your protein is 13.5, that's an indication that your crop... Uh, Yield, you got the maximum yield out of it, but you also had some extra nitrogen that went into the protein. And looking on the other side, if your protein was 12.5, that's an indication that you underfertilized the uh, nitrogen on that crop for the optimum yield. You actually backed off a little bit on the potential yield with the moisture you had. Moisture is a key variable that needs to be considered. Three key items for protein, nitrogen, moisture, and the variety of crop, of course. In dry years, protein goes up. and wet years, it goes down because of the maximum yield potential. Tom Weir is a retired agronomist based in Yorkton. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hall is Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Viterra prices were showing some downward movement in early trading. Canola fell 370 at 61307. Number one red spring wheat dropped a dollar eighty two at two sixty eight ninety one. The rest were unchanged. Durham two ninety nine forty six. Feed barley two thirty four seventy. Flax seven twenty nine thirty seven. Lentils six oh two fifty. Oats two twenty nine fifty three. Yellow peas three fifty nine eighty nine. And feed wheat one eighty three seventy two. The Minneapolis spring wheat March futures are up one and a quarter cents at six thirty-eight and a half cent a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the source six twenty CKRM. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn eight four two forty five seventy four. And now the latest quotations. Good afternoon. This is the Yorkton Heartland Livestock Mark report for the week of January twenty-first. Another big sale here yesterday with twenty-eight fifty in the short. 400 cows and bulls, a total of 32.50 for the day. Cows and bulls were trading $2 lower here. D1, D2 cows, 65 to 70. Sales to 72.73. D3 cows, 55 to 65. 
Cows are averaging 66 cents. Good bulls, 88 to 96. Sales to 98. Bulls are averaging 93. On to the pre-sort sale. Listen up. These lighter feeders selling steady with last week. The heavier feeders selling under pressure. Here are some highlights on the steer side. 425 pound steers, 258. Here's 102 black steers weighing 500 pounds. They topped out at 234. 560 pound steers, 226. 640 pound steers, 202. We had 120 red black exotic steers, 640 pounds. They topped out at $2. My favorite pen, 132 red black exotic steers, 710 pounds. They topped out at 186. 93 red black exotic steers, 780 pounds. They were traded at 175. 850 pound steers, 172. 950 pound steers, 166. On to the heifer side, 425 pound heifers, 205. 500 pounders, 198. 560 pound heifers, 194. 640 pound heifers, 171. 710 pound heifers, 163. 780s at 154. 850 pound heifers, 153. This Friday, January 22nd, sheep, lamb, goat sale. This sale starts at 11. Horses will sell at 3. Receiving Thursday from 12 to 8 and Friday right up until sale time. Next bred cow sale, Friday, January 29th. Two herd dispersals, two reductions, 250 head listed so far. That's it for this week at Heartland Yorkton. I'm Harvey Exner. Have a good day. And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices, 152.38 per CKG, both brand and moose jaw plants. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report. The St. Lawrence Seaway Management Corporation says cargo shipments were down 1.7% last year over 2019. It says the COVID-19 pandemic took a harsh toll on demand for many products shipped along the waterway. But record shipments of grain offset a decline in iron ore, dry bulk and liquid bulk, which includes products like jet fuel and gasoline. The Seaway Corporation says it expects shipments to pick up soon as the rollout of COVID-19 vaccines in Canada and the U.S. lifts demand for air travel as well as for construction and automobiles. On the markets, weakness in the technology sector led Canada's main stock index lower in late morning trading, while U.S. stock markets climbed and the loonie rose against the U.S. dollar. The TSX Composite Index was down 94 points at 17,920. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was up 17 points at 31,206. The Canadian dollar traded at 79.22 cents U.S. compared with 79.01 cents Wednesday. The March crude oil contract was down 20 cents at 53.11 per barrel. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Hill 70 Quantock Ranch. The place to be for your next bull purchase. Mark the right date, February 6, 2021. Call 1-800-665-7253. Anytime, any day. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything egg. 620 CKRM. Hill 70 Quantock Ranch, where quality comes in quantity on the 6th of February of 2021. Be welcome to join us for our annual bull sale.